are Locked On Tar Heels, your daily podcast on the UNC Tar Heels, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Park the sound at your favorite Tar Heel voice. Welcome to Locked on Tar Heels. As always, it's a great day to be a Tar Heel. I'm your host, Candace Cooper. Thank you so much for joining me today. Do yourself a favor. Make sure you download, subscribe to the podcast from anywhere you listen to podcasts. You can also join the fun via Twitter by following at Locked on Heels or me personally at Candace D. Cooper. So here's what I have on tap for you today. We're going to talk UNC versus Miami and have our five key observations that we drop every Friday as we prepare for victory on the weekend. And then we've got to talk North Carolina Central and UNC on the basketball court as they have a good game there on Saturday at 2 p.m. So those are going to be our main topics for today. So let's jump right into it. Happy Friday, folks. I hope you are having a good start to your weekend. If you haven't started turning up already, that's fine. It's still a little early over here where I'm at. But more importantly, (laughs) if you are turning up, you've got your Coors Light in hand. But, you know, if you're traveling to Hard Rock Stadium, don't forget those built bars, okay? It's always good to be nourished on long road trips. Carolina faces Miami Saturday at 3.30 on ABC. And it's going to be one of the premier games to watch for the weekend. The Miami Hurricanes are 8-1 on the season, 7-1 in the ACC. Their only loss being to Clemson. North Carolina leads all-time series with Miami 12-11. The Hurricanes won in 2017 and 2018 to even the all-time series before falling behind last season, with which was one of the best games I think Carolina had last year. It was really a momentum shift, if you consider it that for where the program is going in a positive direction. A little bit of history for Coach Manny Diaz, the head coach of the Miami Hurricanes, and our coach, Mac Brown. Diaz was a defensive coordinator at Texas under Brown in 2011 and 2013 before he was let go. So those are key things that just keep in mind. It's going to be friendly fire, but fire nonetheless, I think is going to be a shootout. But we've got five key observations that we got to pay attention to that we drop every single Friday as we have since the start of the season. So number one, we've got to protect Sam Howell. Keep him away from those two defensive ends who are lighting it up and will certainly play on Sundays. Redshirt junior Jalen Phillips and redshirt senior Quincy Roche. As we all remember, Quincy Roche used to play for Temple before gra- before being a graduate transfer to Miami. He is someone that certainly would have helped us. Mac Brown has mentioned multiple times that he tried to recruit Quincy, but he chose Coral Gables instead. The two have combined for 10 and a half sacks on the season, and I'm sure that Quincy is going to want to have a little bit of a revenge game as he was a part of that Temple team that lost to the Tar Heels in our bowl last year. Now, Number two, run the ball well against good defense. Phil Longo and Sam Howell both said the key to success in that aspect of the offense has been improved success running the ball, right? So Notre Dame's defense stifled our running game, forcing us to be one-dimensional and therefore holding it to zero points in the second half. So, Michael Carter, Javante Williams, I'm talking to you. I hope that you guys are prepared for yet another opportunity to showcase our talented running back duo. They're going to have to have a big game. 
but they cannot do that if our offensive line does not create the holes and space for them. So as much as I'm talking to Michael and Javante, I'm talking to our front guys there ready to take this on, right? Cool. Got it. Number three, we've got to eliminate Brevin Jordan and Mike Harley. In short, the Hurricanes have a lot of weapons. We know that. But De'Aaron King is a dual-threat quarterback, and UNC has had issues containing quarterbacks who like to run. So while we can have Brevin Jordan and Mike Harley bail De'Eric out in a lot of times, De'Eric is totally fine with his mobility, and we need to learn how to wrap somebody up. <laughs> we saw Ian Book give us the business. We saw Phil Jerkovich from Boston College give us the works. It's been one of those things that has just crippled this UNC defense. So number four, we've got to keep it close. The Hurricanes keep winning, but they do win ugly. Three of their last four wins were by five points or less. And the Tar Heels are the best team Miami has faced since their loss at Clemson. Now remember, they barely beat Virginia Tech. They squeezed by and got lucky against the game against NC State. They did beat UVA in yet another close matchup. And I think that on paper, we could have beat all three teams. Now, yes, we dropped the one at Virginia, but... Had we had five more minutes to play, that would have been a different outcome, right? Because honestly, nobody was playing defense that game when it mattered. But I think blowing out NC State, having a close but ultimately in-controlled game against Virginia Tech, that Carolina certainly has the advantage when it comes to being in close matches. We saw with the Wake Forest game overcoming a large deficit and not giving up on the team. You know, it was quite the deja vu being down by 21 points, but... Carolina did not give up their <laughs> ability to fight, really. I think that Carolina has shown glimpses of being the team that wants to be better consistently. I do think that the Notre Dame game kind of punched them in the mouth and made them feel a little ways about themselves getting shut down offensively. But hopefully this will be the first game Carolina plays completely throughout the entire 60 minutes. Carolina has had great first halves and then had crappy seconds. Carolina has had slow, staggered second quarters. That is our Achilles heel. For whatever reason, we cannot get out of it. Once we have an opening touchdown drive, we rest in our laurels and don't battle in second quarters most times. But it will certainly be Carolina's decision on Saturday to play for all 60 minutes and fight for that long, especially being in an away atmosphere. We saw the away game uh, energy kind of hurt Carolina when we went to Florida State. So hopefully those guys can just find whatever they have to do inside internally to get themselves motivated and ready to battle right number five final observation for the game I gotta say Carolina has to force turnovers sometimes Miami gets in their own way we know full well what it's like to have a team that gets in their own way right I think Carolina is going to have to force those turnovers gonna have to force Miami to play a sloppy ball, right? Get them rattled and, you know, disgruntled about things because if De'Eric King and Mike Harley are on, if he is on with Brevin Jordan, if he is on with Mr. Don Chaney Jr., Chaney Jr., we're going to have a long day. So I think that Carolina is going to have to make something happen on special teams. I think defense has to win their one-on-one -on -one battles. I think Tony Grimes is going to have to have a big boy game. You know, I think that all these guys are just going to have to step up in ways that they didn't have to before. So there's that on that. Now, 
what does Manny Diaz think of UNC's offense? I took a listen to his press conference, and he knows the kind of battle that they're up against. He said, quote, their wideouts will be the best wide receivers we play this year. The combination of their two running backs is the best one-two punch of running backs that we have played all year. The ability of them to put you in a stress because they have great backs that can run the football and then do a great job with their RPO game, trying to isolate. If you put too many guys up there to worry about the run, they can beat you with one-on-ones down the field. And De'Ami Brown and Daz Newsom are as good as anybody in the country at that. They got speed to create big-time explosive plays, and they go fast to try and create chaos and get you unnerved defensively. They do the same thing with their defense just to try to create a lot of chaos. I mean, I'm just trying to say, y'all, we're going to have to get Miami rattled. (laughs) They know that that's going to be something that's going to take them in or out of this game. So, Carolina, capitalize on Miami's mistakes. There is that. Now, a big component of this game is going to be the fact that the highest ranked team in the ACC, not in the college football playoff, goes to the Orange Bowl. So that stands between Carolina and Miami, right? So this is going to be the opportunity for Carolina to be in the conversation where they say, we might not be the Notre Dames and Clemsons of the world yet. However, we are still on top. We're still in the top of the conversation when it comes to the Atlantic Coast Conference. So I'm hoping that these guys (laughs) are finding a way to win on Saturday because that's just what they're going to have to do, period. But we still, again, I'm going to remind you guys, who who is our opponent? Who is, you know, the Miami Hurricanes this season led by De'Ara King in what many are calling a culture shift for that program in a positive way? I want to talk about him and his Heisman campaign. More importantly, who else is going to give Carolina problems on Saturday? Do you ever feel like you're always on? I mean, same. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Sometimes I just need to celebrate responsibly. That's when I reach for Coors Light. It's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies, perfect for a moment to unwind. It doesn't matter what team or sport is playing, Coors Light from Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado, is the official beer of watching any sport or team just to drink. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind, so when you need to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door at get.coorslight.com. Make sure you guys come back next week as we grade ourselves on the five key observations. More importantly, we have got to have the conversation about Ohio State versus UNC on the basketball court. Now, the Big Ten is having quite the year, but can Carolina bounce back after their rough showing against Iowa and certainly try and turn their season around? So make sure you guys tune in. I Up to 30 minutes a day, Locked on Tar Heels podcast is available anywhere you listen to podcasts, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Now, knowing our opponent when it comes to these Miami Hurricanes as we play them on a Saturday, I'm super excited about it. Currently, the Miami Hurricanes are a three-point favorite over UNC. For all you betters out there, they've got a 67% chance of a winning. Coach Manny Diaz has been a defensive coordinator for quite some time before taking his talents to the head coaching level here in 2018 started that season so he's been it's year two for him trying to figure it all out <laughs> going into 2019 to 2020 I'm sure this is not how any head coach wants to go through their first couple of years in a pandemic but nonetheless he has certainly 
built this team back into national prominence in the conversation. And we all know Miami has struggled these past couple years, but they are certainly turning things around. And that is a lot thanks to their new quarterback, De'Aaron King, grad transfer, who is giving <laughs> the Heisman conversation a run for its money. They have a whole website uh, subheader dedicated to this campaign for him. And Miami has certainly bought into him delivering time and time again in these close wins. Now, Will they still love him after this game on Saturday? As we know, they have played UVA, NC State, Virginia Tech close. And I don't think any of them have the offensive talent that we do. But defensively, I know that mobile quarterbacks frustrate us. I know that at the end of the day, guys don't wrap up like they should. And that's just something that I'm truly hoping gets better for the Tar Heels. So who is going to try and have a big game for Miami. Obviously, we know De'Aaron King as he leads this squad, but more importantly, the running back Don Chaney Jr., who is looking to have another breakout game as they beat Duke 48 to 0. He is going to try and run all over the Tar Heels. So, can they contain him? Can they wrap him up? Can they can they be consistent? Carolina defense, I am looking and talking to you, begging and pleading. They have allowed opponents to rush for an average of 216 yards. Don't let that happen today. Don't let this be the day yet again where we have to sit here and have this conversation about our defense not being able to stop the damn run, okay? Mike Harley, senior leader, who is going to give our freshman corners <laughs> the time of their lives. They're going to get picked on, as we saw in the Notre Dame game. It is going to be something where will Mike Harley take advantage of it? And will De'Aaron King? Absolutely, as they should. So got to be on our P's and Q's, got to have a short memory if we do give up big plays. Don't make the mental mistakes. Turn your head around. No pass interference. Please, God, somebody just make the play in the right way. Finally, from my offensive front, Brevin Jordan and Will Mallory. As I have said yesterday, the tight end position has been able to have some success against Carolina. In our three losses, an opposing tight end has always made a good play. Notre Dame, Michael Mayer finished with four receptions for 54 yards. Virginia tight end Tony Pulgin was able to catch two passes for 33 yards in the touchdown against us. And FSU tight end Cameron McDonald finished with one reception for a 12-yard touchdown. Jeremiah Gimmel and Chas Surratt have struggled in the coverage this season. They've combined to allow 51, percept 51 receptions on 69 targets for 589 yards and two touchdowns. Unacceptable, truly, right? But at the end of the day, I believe this is the game where if you want to start being in that conversation, you want to go out on a high, Chaz, I think this is it. This is your time to shine. I'm believing for you, okay? Now, defensively, as I mentioned, we have Jalen Phillips and Quincy Roche, who are going to try and give us the works. They have totaled, like I mentioned, for 10 and a half sacks combined, but also they've had 27 quarterback pressures, nine per game, essentially. And our left tackle, Asim Richards, has allowed six sacks, which is the second most in the ACC this year, and 24 pressures, which is tied for the fifth most. Jordan Tucker has certainly struggled at right tackle, allowed 13 pressures and one sack, but was receiving 57.8 pass blocking grade from PFF, which is not great. <laughs> Not great whatsoever. However, I do believe that there is a game. There's always a game and opportunity for us to step up. And I think that <sighs> this will be it, right? Because <laughs> we can't really get mad at Michael and Javante for not getting fed if they don't get the holes to do so. That's just what it is and what it ain't. So that's where we leave and where we stand it. And I'm hoping that you guys, again, 3.30, 
I don't mind that mid-afternoon game. I don't have to feel frantic at 12 o'clock, but I do not have to worry about that 7 o'clock game either. So I'm just in a sweet spot. I'm going to try and breathe, stretch, shake, and let it go. Either way it goes. I'm always going to be fine. But I think this is, again, another game where Carolina has to prove themselves. We got over the hokey hump, right? We got over the fact that we had six overtimes last year and we finally delivered right we got over the wake forest win we got over the fact that we came down from 21 that wake forest was trying to take it away from us yet again you know and wake forest to me is not they're not indicative of their how good they are is not indicative of their record okay the acc is not exactly the top tier conference that it usually is fine i think that we had a chance to win the notre dame game but when i look at the Florida state and virginia matchup i still get pissed off about it because i'm just like that was those were our games those were easy layups for us we just did not handle business so put yourself in the position to get to that orange bowl because you are going to do all the five things that i mentioned in the first segment more importantly you're going to play damn tough right you're going to play with some kind of grit that we haven't to me seen all season so that's what i'm hoping for for these guys there 3 30 i will see you there at locked on heels at Candace D. Cooper. Let's have that conversation on Saturday. Tweet at me. Let me know how you're feeling. Hashtag Go Heels. Hashtag L-O-T-H. All of that good stuff. If you talk to me, I certainly talk back. I love talking Carolina football. It's one of my favorite things to do. So let's jump right into the basketball conversation, though, which I know you guys love so much. And we have to have this conversation about UNC playing North Carolina Central. It is a momentous event as we are always having the argument on Twitter of whether or not Carolina and NC State and Dukes of the World should be playing the teams that are in our backyard. Cool. So let's have that conversation next here on Locked on Tar Heels. Built Go makes you the best you at whatever you do. Built Go is the best workout gel on the market. It's five-hour energy without the same crash feeling, plus it's natural, so it's better for your body. It's like drinking a monster drink with a third of the caffeine and better results. Built Go comes in three delicious flavors, peanut butter, honey, chocolate, coconut, and my personal favorite, chocolate mint. How does Built Go work so well? Built Go gives me the kick to keep me going strong with B6 and B12 vitamins. Built Go combines energy gel with collagen protein. Collagen protein is fast absorbing, so it gets into my system fast, plus it's easy on my stomach. Visit BuiltGo.com and use promo code LOCKED and you'll get 20% off your next order. Looking for the best bets heading into Sunday's NFL action? Listen to Locked on NFL every Friday as your boy Q and Bo Brock are joined by a betting expert and analyst from the Action Network. Get your full weekend preview and Sunday six-pack of winning bets every Friday on Locked on NFL. Subscribe to Locked on NFL wherever you get podcasts. Now I mentioned the University of North Carolina is playing North Carolina Central University Saturday at 2 p.m. in the Dean Dome. The game will replace UNC Elon game, which was originally scheduled for the same date. Elon announced on December 1st that it was pausing all in-season activities due to COVID-19. So we've got an in-state game that I am looking forward to. But more importantly, I have an incredible guest here with me, Jonathan Duran. He is the radio voice of NCCU Sports Network. He is the SID for football and basketball. He does a lot of things. He's going to tell you all of his roles. But more importantly, he is going to get you hyped for this matchup. We've got some great guys from the Eagles who might give a little bit of run for their money over there in Carolina. So let's have that conversation here on Locked on Tar Heels. 
All right, up now I have Jonathan Duran. He is the radio voice of the NCCU Sports Network here to talk to me about UNC versus Central coming up Saturday at 2 p.m. on the basketball court. I am super excited to have the Eagles at the Dean Dome. Jonathan, thank you so much for joining me. Well, thanks for having me. Of course, of course. Now, can you talk to folks about what you do for NCCU from a network standpoint and your coverage overall? Yes. So my official job title, which I've been blessed to have for five years now, a broadcast media coordinator, sorry, a sports information assistant and broadcast media coordinator. Um, what that has entailed for me, I've been the um, men's basketball and the baseball SID. Um, and also I've been the radio voice for football, men's and women's basketball and baseball. I've also um, done some softball and volleyball as well. Um, really just been really grateful to have this opportunity and I've really enjoyed it throughout the year. Grateful to have Calvin Barnes helping me out as well with um, the video as well. So yeah, I've been able to do a lot of things. I've really enjoyed it. Yeah. Now NCCU opened up their season against Iowa and had them rattled early. Now what did that tell you about this year's team so far? I don't know what exactly it told me besides <laughs> what I had already known about the team. Um, yeah. We had a lot of players coming back from last year. Um, this honestly looking at the the team this year we've had some of the most returners um in a while um mm -hmm. i mean you look at the mid-eastern athletic conference coach moden and the other coaches in the conference they've always said you know you have to get transfers in to be able to compete in yeah. this league so for us to have eight letter winners returning this year was huge um including our core of having our point guard jordan perkins and with C.J. Kaiser, who was a preseason first-team All-MEAC player, uh, Perkins, a preseason second-team player. So right off the bat, you have two players coming back. You have a defensive player in Nick Fennell, who really turned into an offensive boon last year as well. After starting his career as a walk-on <laughs> as a freshman <laughs> two years ago, yeah. and with the transfers coming in and being able to show, you know what, we're we're ready to do exactly what we came here to do. And so seeing them hit the court with the confidence that they had at Iowa and let me know that, you know, I think we're going to be all right this year. Absolutely. Now talking about CJ, he had a strong start to the season, putting up a team high 15 points versus Iowa. What impressed you most about his game, his, how he has really kind of taken on his role as being a leader? Uh, he's, yeah, he's really stepped into a leadership role. As a matter of fact, um, last time out against Coastal Carolina, you wouldn't believe this for a guy that was named a preseason first team all Mania guy. He had his first career start earlier oh, wow. this week on Monday against um, Coastal Carolina. Well, first career start as an equal um, yeah. since transferring yeah. in. He came off the bench a lot of times last year and he did a lot of work coming off the bench. And so seeing him on the floor, you know, coming off the bench as usual in those two games against uh, Iowa and Southern. Averaging mm -hmm. 24 points uh, per game over those first few games. And um, by the end of the Southern game was one of the first 15 players in the nation to score 30 plus in a game when he went for a career high 33 against Southern. I was watching, you know, the guy that's he's absolutely determined. He knows how to create his own shot. Um, the last game that he played last year, he had six threes against Delaware State in the quarterfinal round. And it looked mm -hmm. like he was just picking up exactly where he left off. Right, right. That's so exciting to hear. Now, let's talk about your men's and women's teams having to have played impromptu games, essentially with little to no notice. You know, how difficult or easy has that been for your players and Coach Moten to adjust um, throughout this? And do you think that you'll see that more throughout this season? Oh, uh, yeah, you're, you're absolutely <laughs> correct. This is the, uh, the second time that we've had a, um, a short scheduled game. Our yeah, women yeah. Um, against uh, 
North Carolina State earlier mm-hmm. this year. And um, now we got the men playing on, you know, short notice against Carolina, against two nationally ranked teams um, in the triangle, which really just speaks to, you know, how great basketball is right. here in the area. Um, of course, it's always a struggle. I can't give you, you know, the full answer of what it's like on the inside and, you know, sure. being, uh, you know, socially distanced. And I can imagine how difficult it has to be to, say, you know, right, we're, we're preparing, we're game planning for this team. And all right, well, by the way, we're going to keep this game plan, but we have different matchups now. Um, mm-hmm. I can't imagine that can be easy to do. But, you know, our coaching staff, especially on, on the women's side, and you have so many WNBA alumni mm-hmm. um, on the coaching staff for our women's team, and with head coach Lavelle Boten, with all the experience that he has, and the coaching staff that he has, um, they've been able to make the adjustments and I think they've really been able to put good products on the floor. Absolutely. Now, I will ask, do you think it's long overdue that we've had this UNC-North Carolina Central matchup? Um, I don't know if I could say it's overdue because I mm-hmm. can't speak to scheduling, but I can say that I'm really excited. Um, it's, it's really interesting with the fact that this is only going to be the third all-time meeting in between right. North Carolina and uh, North Carolina Central. And the last time these two teams met – was um, the 2014-15 year when um, the Eagles went on to have a historic season going 16-0 and in conference play, um, going undefeated in conference play for the first time in school history. Um, Coach Moten always talks about how difficult it is to, to schedule, and, and it's, there's over 300 Division One teams who are all trying to schedule the same opponents, and you got to sift through to find out out who's who's saying yes who's saying no and you know you you play the games where they are right so it's really nice to be able to you know play North Carolina who's right down the road it's our shortest our shortest <laughs> road trip um since that 2014-15 season um so really excited to be able to get to the Dean Smith Center and honestly it'll be my first time there so oh really yeah excited about that I hate that this has to be the first time in the pandemic type situation because I think the atmosphere is certainly different when there's fans involved and you guys have already experienced some COVID issues. How are you guys trying to kind of navigate this space in this year with everything that's going on? Um, Well, I can say that our athletic training staff has done a fantastic job on making sure that everybody is staying healthy amongst all of the programs, Mm -hmm. Uh, men's and women's basketball, of course, um, football, when they were practicing at first before everything got moved into the um, into the spring. Um, so, you know, they, the teams are, are being tested multiple times um, during the week, making sure that everybody is good to go and everybody's staying socially distanced and masked up at the proper times, except for, you know, when they're practicing. And even still, you have the coaching staff masked up during those times and the support staff as well. Um, of course, it's it's difficult for for everybody. You look across mm-hmm. the nation. Um, Duke just um, ended up uh, canceling the rest of their slate with um, missing time against Charleston Southern, who was going to be one of our opponents as well, and Gardner Webb. And I mean, the the number one team in the nation wasn't exempt to having to postpone a few games because of uh, COVID nineteen. It's it's a very difficult time to navigate and. I'm I'm excited for the student athletes to be able to have the opportunity to play um, during this time. 
Absolutely. Now, this will be the third matchup, as you mentioned, between these two teams. Now, the first time in 2009, it was a bit of a blow, but the second time in 2014, it was certainly much closer. What do you think we're going to get in this round three? Um, definitely. <laughs> it's going to be well worth the, um, well, I mean, I can't say it's worth the price of admit- um, admittance because the price of admittance doesn't exist. Um, <laughs> it's going to be worth your time. I yeah. will say definitely to, to tune in. Um, CJ Kaiser, obviously is a very special player. Um, and North Carolina is, you know, number 16 in the nation. I mean, it's, it's right there on the billing. Um, it's going to be a very exciting matchup. I mean, both of these teams are going to go out there and lay it out there on the hardwood. And I got to say that I wouldn't miss it. If you can, uh, if you can tune in either here or on the Tar Heel Sports Network, I know the game will be broadcast on RSN as well. Um, it's going to be worth your time to tune in. A hundred percent. And I do think that, you know, while they are ranked, Carolina has shown flaws. And I also believe that Coach Moden is the type of coach who's like, play the next man in front of you, right? You don't have to see a Carolina that's nationally ranked and get kind of overwhelmed by the moment. So I'm excited for that and just seeing a hard, hard fought game. Oh, for sure. I mean, when you're playing against a team, you don't get to pick and choose who you're going to match up against. I mean, everybody on the floor can go and get you at, at any moment. So you got to, as you said, you know, play the matchup in front of you, game plan, you play each game the same way. Um, a lot of times I, I always joke about the fact that, you know, um, anybody has a chance to win any game because, you know, two teams are involved and somebody <laughs> has to win the game statistically. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. hundred percent agree. Jonathan, I appreciate your time so much. Can you please remind folks of where they can follow you and find your work? Yes. Um, I'm on the NCCU sports network. Um, you can find us um, nccueaglepride.com. Um, you can type in slash watch and that'll take you to our broadcast page. Um, of course, you can follow NCCU Athletics on Twitter at NCCU Athletics. Uh, personally, you can find me at jduren9. That's J-D-U-R-E-N and the number nine on Twitter. Well, Jonathan, I appreciate your time and I look forward to talking to you and you are always welcome back here on the show. I hope that we get some more games between the two teams so we can talk again. Hopefully. Thanks for having me. Eagle pride. (laughs) Of course. Thanks again to Jonathan for joining today's show. I want you guys to make sure you tune in on Saturday. It's going to be fun for me. Personally, I had a lot of friends and family who went to North Carolina Central, so it's all love on both sides. I got cheer for my heels at the end of the day. That's who gave me the degree, but I am excited to see some good hoops, and I certainly think that this round three is going to be worth your time. I think it's going to be a lot closer game than people are imagining. I'm totally fine with a great close win from the heels. Either way it goes, I hope that they learn and continue to get better and really kind of eliminate these turnover issues that they have going on so make sure you guys tune in for that come back next week as we recap this game as well as UNC versus Miami a lot of good action for the heels I want you guys to return because it's a great time here right we always have fun keep it light we make sure that you are enjoying just cheering on your Tar Heels so you guys have a great weekend wear your mask stay safe if you're traveling and as always go heels You are Locked On Tar Heels, your daily podcast on the UNC Tar Heels, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.